Welcome to SNC's podcast series, SNC Critical Insights. I'm Jessica Klein, Head of Pro Bono Practice at SNC. And I'm Milana Hogan, SNC's Chief Legal Talent Officer. I'm excited to speak with Jessica today about SNC's pro bono practice and how the practice has geared up for the pandemic and what kind of work we're doing now. So, Jessica, I'd like to start by asking, what did you all do to prepare the pro bono practice for remote working? Sure. One of the things we were cognizant of was that some of our lawyers not only wouldn't be coming into the office, but also might be working from different locations than where they normally live if they were staying with extended family or making other arrangements. I know one associate I I work with has gone home to Australia for a few months and another is living with her mother in California, which is not where she normally works. We wanted to make sure we had all the details on everything that was coming up in their matters in the weeks and months ahead but we really wanted to make sure we were able to provide seamless continuity if anyone became unavailable because of uh, COVID-related issues, whether it was relocation or a health concern. And so we really made sure that we had all the details on our pro bono matters and what was going on leading into the spring to make sure that we could provide seamless coverage. And that was one of the big steps we took before anyone went to remote work. That makes sense. And I imagine that you all are encountering all kinds of new and unanticipated issues and questions that need to be tackled that would not be the kinds of things that would arise in the ordinary course. So I'm curious what some of those issues are and how you are working through them. Even in some of the most basic ways that we help pro bono clients, we have had to find workarounds and think creatively about functioning in this environment. If you take something as simple as an immigration form that would be an application a pro bono client might file that requires passport photos, we used to take the passport photos for the client at the office. And now we need to think about how to get passport photos taken and can the client take a selfie and can the reproduction department print it on color photo paper and even just those types of details. Notarizing documents is something else that comes up. And while New York State and other states have created new rules around notarization to allow a remote notarization over video, in the pro bono context, we have to think about what technology our pro bono clients really have. And for some, they will be able to do something over video, but for others, they won't have a computer or a phone that has that capability. And so even video notarization isn't a possibility. And so even in those details, We're thinking these days about how to continue to serve these clients, and sometimes we have to be a little creative to come up with the solution. Absolutely. So all kinds of new challenges, and and I think we're all dealing with that in some respect, trying to tackle challenges that we haven't seen before. What about the advisory piece? I know that our practice generally is very hands-on, and associates working on pro bono matters get lots of support from you and your team. So I'm curious how you're approaching that now in terms of advising associates, given that we are working remotely and it's a busy and crazy time in some ways for all of us. Yeah, I'm sure like yourself, Milana, we're finding ourselves on Zoom a heck of a lot and talking more than ever. 
I think I probably speak to 45 associates over the course of a couple days sometimes. There is a lot of communication going on and everyone who works on pro bono matters at our firm knows that our pro bono department is there for them, whether it's a strategic question or a question about how to get something done in this environment. And so the partners in charge of the matters have been very actively involved and our pro bono department has as well. That's great that it's worked so seamlessly, and I know how important the relationships are among lawyers, and that really allows the advising to continue, even if it's even if it's over Zoom or over the phone instead of in person as it normally would be. Um, what about the appetite for volunteering? Has there been a lot of interest among our lawyers in getting involved in some way? It's been incredible, and Milana, not just the lawyers, but really everyone. We've had secretaries, legal assistants, folks in the technology department helping out, just a tremendous amount of volunteerism. And I'll I'll give you an example. We threw together very quickly an in-depth training on how to advise nonprofits and small businesses under the CARES Act. And we were cognizant that the funds available under the program might run out and there might be additional tranches. And so we wanted to get that training done as fast as we possibly could. And it turned out the fastest we could do it was going to be at 930 on a Monday morning, which you might imagine is not the most popular time to schedule a training on a new project. And and we pulled the training together over the weekend and I began on Monday morning and there were more than 90 people participating on the Zoom and I just couldn't believe it. And that's just one example of the type of outpouring of interest we've had. We have more than 25 lawyers working on compassionate release efforts. I literally just left a meeting where we were working with legal services lawyers discussing how to interview individuals who are incarcerated right now about whether they're symptomatic and what type of steps are being taken at their facilities. There's just been a tremendous interest in volunteering, and I've found it really moving because, first, some of our lawyers have a tremendous amount of work to do right now on paying client matters that they're juggling, but still are moved to take this on. And then second, you know, obviously, so many of our lawyers are dealing with new ways in which they have to manage family commitments and and child care. And so to see the outpouring of interest, despite what everyone is dealing with in their own individual way, has really reaffirmed for me that the commitment to pro bono runs across the entire firm. That's really inspiring and moving to hear, although not surprising. You know, there is always such a tremendous interest in pro bono work and, you know, such a strong appetite for volunteering more broadly and commitment to community in general is is a real theme here, I think, about the culture and, and something that's really critical and central to it. So that's great to hear that it's continuing even in this extremely stressful moment in time. So what about small businesses? Who has reached out to the firm for help during this time? Can you share with us a little bit about who is making that outreach? Sure. So on the small business front, we have been contacted by all kinds of organizations, small bakery in the Chelsea neighborhood of Manhattan, a dog groomer in the a seaport area near the financial district a hairstylist, 
all kinds of small business owners, restaurant owners, um, you name it, who have reached out to seek advice on whether to seek a loan through the Paycheck Protection Program or other emergency loan funds available pursuant to the CARES Act. This has been a great project for us because, you know, Milana, the financial institutions group is where you want to be if you need banking advice. And so between the knowledge of the FIG group, the Estates and Personal group, which does work with non-for-profit organizations, among other things, our capital markets group and our labor and employment lawyers, we have been able to develop a core team of about 14 lawyers that are always up to date and reviewing the latest guidance from Treasury and the Small Business Association to make sure that our larger team is up to date on the advice we should be given. So it's been a a great project for us and really helpful to the small businesses who are grappling with whether to apply under this program and how to understand the forms. That's great. And so it really does run the gamut, it sounds like, and and sort of really nice that our practice is particularly well positioned given the depth of the practice to to really provide support on all fronts here um, for the people who who need this help and this and, and this advice in this time that's great and sort of a nice a, a nice way where all of the different practice areas come together which is you know of course not uncommon for our paying client matters as well what about some of the pro bono work that was going on before COVID-19? I know how busy and active the pro bono practice was prior to the pandemic. So I'm curious what's happening with that work. Has that been put on pause? Is it ongoing? If you could tell us a little bit about that, it would be great. Sure. We have between 300 and 400 different active pro bono matters at any time at SNC. And we've really approached each of those matters on an individual basis to think about how it makes sense to move forward during the pandemic. And for some litigations, for example, the teams are working on their discovery requests and their deposition outlines and meeting at their weekly team meetings now remotely. And work is going forward, even if there is a court closure teams are getting ready for those court reopenings so that they can keep the work moving. Other matters, it really doesn't make sense to take that approach. And I'll give you one example. Uh, We have a housing conditions case where we had uh, early in 2020 agreed to represent an elderly couple and the team was ready to file the complaint. But in a dialogue with me and the partner in charge of their matter, and then also with the client, of course, The client decided not to go forward and file because they were really concerned about having to go into open court in March of 2020 and unsure about whether the court would close, if it did, when it would reopen. And so given their health profile, it didn't make sense to pursue it this time. And they're waiting until they feel more comfortable going forward. So it's just one example of how we really look at each case individually in dialogue with the client make a decision about how to move forward on our hundreds of pro bono matters that we had before the pandemic. Yeah, that makes sense. And again, all kinds of new issues uh, and considerations introduced. And obviously, health and safety have to remain the priority as we navigate through the best approach. 
What about coordinating with other organizations? Does the firm partner with anyone in these pro bono efforts or how does that work? How do we work with others to make this happen? We really do coordinate extensively with legal services providers, bar associations, and other law firms. The perspective we bring to this is that we really value the time of our lawyers and want them to be doing work where the work is needed. And if we just act in isolation and aren't in a dialogue with others who are committed to this work, we're not going to deploy our resources most effectively, and we're not going to be able to help as many people as possible. And so Bob Gifra, partner in the litigation group, is on New York State Bar's COVID task force, and they are coordinating efforts among firms in New York State. I'm active in the Association of Pro Bono Counsel, uh, which is also a way to coordinate and understand what all different firms are doing, both within and outside of the U.S. And we really want to be in a dialogue and be thoughtful in where the work is needed. One thing that happens with a crisis is that the needs change over time. And so the CARES Act work might be one of the early phases. And then another phase might be appeals of unemployment insurance decisions. And then another phase might be small businesses needing bankruptcy advice. And so we're looking at the different phases, not just of what the demand is right at this moment, but what we see in the pipeline coming through a few weeks from now and and even in the more distant future. It's great that you can remain connected uh, with others who are doing this work, and it sounds like that leads to the to the best of service and support necessary uh, as a result of that coordination. So it's it's great that our team is so dialed in, you and Bob Jifra and others. I feel like it, I would be remiss if I didn't address the fact that this can be very emotionally charged work and we are in a particularly emotionally charged time. And I wonder how that experience has been uh, for you and others and how people are navigating that aspect, especially during this very stressful time. Thanks for asking about that. Everyone's experiencing the pandemic in a different way. I mean, by definition, we're all affected, but the financial constraints on different individuals, the health concerns, the sickness of loved ones are in some ways really individualized experiences. And so I can only speak for myself, but I have really been moved by the fear of individuals who are incarcerated or in immigration detention right now and the dire nature of the situation for them. David Patton is a lawyer at the Federal Defenders in New York who's an SNC alum. And when he talks about the situation in the prisons right now, he says, imagine a cruise ship times 10. And that's what it's like to be in prison during COVID-19. And so we've tried to bring a lot of sensitivity and and empathy to that work and to those uh, communications with prisoners, but also to our communications with all of our pro bono clients and to keep in touch with them and understand that many of them live alone and feel uh, extremely isolated. We're getting a lot of questions about immigration status, uh, upcoming court cases, clients concerned about all manner of things. And we really want to be there to listen to them and figure out if helping with what they're dealing with is part of our representation or if not, try to figure out how to get them the help that they need and be respectful of the fact that 
so many people are experiencing heightened anxiety right now. It's definitely a challenge all the way around. And just listening to you speak, I'm struck by how lucky we are at SNC to have you leading this effort. And you set such a tremendous example for everybody. And it's clear that it matters a lot to you and to the other lawyers at SNC who are also engaged in these matters. So feeling very grateful for you and also grateful to you for joining us today for this SNC Critical Insights podcast. And I hope you are remain healthy and safe and well and the same to all of our listeners. Thanks so much. Thank you again for listening to SNC Critical Insights. For more information about our pro bono practice, please visit us on the web at www.sulcrom.com. Mm-hmm.